0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness, the play's a thing this week, and luckily we are going to do Hamlet, Shock of shocks I'm a vegetarian,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and see interruptions
0: during the play, but we can't do Hamlet because Shock of Shock's a vegetarian now, but I guess Titus Andronicus is (laughs) on as well. I I saw that, is that a real vegetarian
1: thing? Oh no, I wouldn't say Titus
0: Andronicus is a vegetarian thing, (laughs) but luckily we don't have to do this. We have some very talented theater people here talking about their new play coming from December. Hello everybody, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello. Hello.
2: Look,
1: everybody's here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The gang's all here.
1: Well, who is the gang? We got four people in front of us from left here, from right to Or that quiet person
0: over there, but you can't see us.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I'll start. I'm Lindsay Warren Baker. I am the director of At Swim Two Boys by M.J. Savastano, who is sitting over <laughs> there.
0: As you can see. <laughs> <laughs> as viewers, as you can see. Look to, look to your left.
1: Uh, not my right. right. <laughs> or your
2: whatever. Stage, stage right. I'm M.J. Savastano. I am the adapter. Uh, I adapted this from Jamie O'Neill's novel of the same title, At Swim Two Boys. And I am playing Goiler in the play.
4: Oh. Um, I'm, I'm Ted Wenskis. Uh, I play Arthur Mack, who is uh, Jim's father in the play, and I'm also the sound designer of the play.
5: Mm-hmm. And I'm Shonda Yuri and I'm playing Jim Mack in the play, and that is my only role
0: in the play. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: lucky you. <laughs> um, sh- <laughs> I have to
0: ask, when I had the title, all I could think of is I actually read books sometimes. I thought of Flann Conner's Ed Swim Two Birds. Does this have anything to do with that?
2: That is where the title actually came from. Uh, Jamie O'Neill is a, a an Irish author, and he is really familiar with Classic Irish literature. Flann's
0: very difficult if you've never read him. I would have dragged kid to Samuel Beckett's "The uh, Lonely Ones, which is 32 pages and will take you three days. <laughs> and Flann's works like that is really one of those you start reading and you go, yeah. I don't think I'm going to live long enough to done. <laughs> or what the heck did he just say? But he's very good as well. Right.
2: Not yeah. unlike James Joyce, I think. Now, James
0: Joyce is actually probably easier because it's gets <laughs> Wake, which, which... Which is unreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> unreal. <laughs> I actually read it because what I did was I read a page a day for about three years. No idea what the
1: hell. For <laughs> pretentious reasons, I could say I've actually read Pennegan's well, Wake. I'm, I'm going to be the odd out. No, I have a hard time reading plays. Mm. Okay. I, I, I don't. We I, When I was in high school, we tried... Mm-hmm. Well, I tried to read Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. I own the complete works of Shakespeare. I can't read it. My mind doesn't wrap around the breaks. Mm-hmm. Because when I read, it's like I feel it has to be continuous motion, but when I see the different characters' names and then there's sometimes there's stage directions and it throws me off. Well, I've read every one of Shakespeare's plays, so there. <laughs>
2: I think part of that is that people have a lot of trouble reading Shakespeare because the plays were meant to be performed; they were meant to be seen. Well, and that, yes.
1: that's another thing I feel about reading a play is that it's meant to be done in front of you. Like yes. I, years ago, I went and saw at the the, the Highland Bowl uh, *Comedy of Errors*. Yeah. I tried to read *Comedy of Errors* and I gave up. But I watch it, I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because, and it, it, it's the same for poetry to me, because I don't know how it was intended. It's supposed to be read to you. Right. And yes. I admit,
0: I'm torn because there are these modern editions of Shakespeare in modern language. Mm-hmm. And I can understand if you read something and you don't understand it, what's the point? But I think it loses some of the flow and everything. Mm-hmm. Agreed, yeah. But I don't know how you memorize that stuff.
2: <laughs> A lot of it, the poetry of it makes it easier, the meter of it, for me anyway. I'm, I <laughs> still have a hard time with it, so I'm not. I'm not
0: <laughs> See, I'm this is why he notes. But yeah. what are the challenges of adapting this—really,
2: this book is vast. It's like 650 pages. It's what's, beautiful. What's the
0: gist of what it's about? Obviously,
2: it's about uh, Jim Mack, who is a young man, sort of discovering himself. It's set in Ireland in 1915, 1916. So, if you know anything about Irish history, yeah, well, uh, the, the right before the Rising. Um, that's, that's one of the, the big fun part? In Ireland. <laughs> exactly. Lots of rebellion happening. There's a lot of politics in it. Um, and I think a lot of Jim's inner conflict is sort of reflective of the conflict that's going on in Ireland mm-hmm. as
3: well at the time. Oh, so I, I mean simply put, it's a coming of age story if you're going to put it in its most basic terms. Um, and so uh, Jim uh, reinvestigating a friendship with Doiler, uh Danny Doyler, Danny Doyler Doyle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's about uh, their friendship, their coming of age, their discovering who they are and what their relationship means in a time of uh, tumult, Um, not only the rising, but what's happening in the world with World War One and, and all that stuff, I think
0: a lot of this is because our climate now for politics is a little harsh, <laughs> and I think these resonate. Obviously, you realize through history we're not the only ones. This happens a
1: lot. Well, that's the thing, and especially with the the you know the youth culture, they don't seem to understand all the stuff that's happened because history I don't think is really pushed much in schools anymore, and that's sad for me. But you, we have to realize that, yeah. What we're going through, every country in the world has probably been through at some mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. so we're not unique. And yeah, and to see it put into this, I think, and especially when you throw in the one, the the coming of age story, which everybody can wrap their brain around mm-hmm. because we've all gone through it. And I think that definitely would help.
0: I know we should age backwards because everyone makes so many mistakes. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at oh. now and I go, oh my, oh, it's like the old faces song. If I knew now and everything, yeah. like, why?
3: But I think also an uh, interesting aspect of the story, too, is that um, not only these two 16-year-olds um, coming of age within this time, but also how within that uh, there's parental relationships also within this. So, you know, the relationship between Mr. Mack and Jim and what happens as Jim is coming into his own and what his father wants for his son um, and, and what... How much control does one have over their children? (laughs) Not a lot. I like
0: the human element because I think that's eventually what people can relate to because we've all
1: gone through the same things that maybe we live longer now than like we were in medieval times or something else. And I think that's another thing about plays. You have to have something to relate to. Like looking at Shakespeare, I couldn't relate to being a nobleman. Right. You know, I couldn't. But a play about regular people going through regular things, yeah, I can get behind. I can relate to being a nobleman because everybody well, always—if you do your ancestors—we're all related really, to somebody famous. You know? <laughs> 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 Elizabeth well, me for you, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> we're all Twenty generations removed from Genghis Khan, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. So it's always that type of thing. But one of the things why we started this
0: podcast is we looked around and thought there's a lot of these out there we never really wanted to do when we look. So you gravitate towards look at this and go, somebody should be doing this. Well, they didn't do it. I'm going to do it.
2: Well, so in doing research. When I first started reading this book, I fell in love with it. And then I started having like visions of the scenes of how they would happen in a play. A- and when I started to look if anyone had done this piece, had adapted this piece, I found one that had been done in Ireland, but I couldn't get in contact. I never got in contact with the individual. I just never got a response. Um, so then I contacted Jamie O'Neill, the, the author, and said, hey, can I do this? And he was like, yeah, no problem. I
0: fascinated by how things are put together, and I wonder, how do you you take a big book like this, mm. try to grind, so we're not going to be there for six hours when we see I was, this? I was actually, actually going to ask,
1: what does it take to adapt a book for the stage? Because you hear about it, like, you know, best adaptation, what does that entail? I really don't know. Well,
2: I am not, a, like, a, a master by any means. Um, it's just that I think I've been doing theater for so long, and it, the scenes started to come to me, and I thought, alright, how can I best tell... What's the, what are the clear elements of the story? What's the play that I'm writing? I knew that Jim was gonna be my main character. Um, and I thought, what are the scenes that I need? What are the most important scenes in this play? And then it, I ended up with a really long play in the beginning and it's been pared down and pared down and pared down to you know its, it's, it's state right now, which we're hoping is a final state.
0: Because I've always sometimes you have to just lock characters out. Yeah. And I'll that was do a hard. spoiler for you. I actually read Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I found out Judd had a wife in the book, and she's not in the film. And I think you could do without her, but that becomes the impetus of why he tells Lewis to bury the cat. Only I could go on from classic plays to Stephen King. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. I thought, know. Because that was, the, that was the whole crux of the book in terms of that's why, does, okay, Judd knows these people are, these things are coming back. Why does he do it? Because Lewis tried to help him with his wife, and he felt really bad about church buying it getting flammed mm-hmm. by a truck. So that's why, that's one of those things sometimes, but you can change the impetus to something else.
2: Sure, absolutely. And there's a character that actually is, the my character, Doyler, my father, is a big character in the book, particularly for Mr. Mack and myself. And he was in the play originally, but as we started going through the evolution of this, we decided, ah, we're gonna have to cut him, but his presence is still felt in the
1: play. Well, yeah. And that's another thing, especially when you're taking, would you say this book was 600-some odd pages? Yeah. You take like Irish book. <laughs> <laughs> but you take, like, like Tolkien's work, mm-hmm. you know, and they paired, god, how many hundreds of pages is each book? I don't know, I yeah. need somebody who took and, it really seriously. And they paired it down into that, a three-hour-long right. movie it's like you have to, somebody has to go through it and decide is this good? Is this worth it? Or how can we take a scene in this book that lasted for three chapters and make it a three minute thing? Yeah. I, I can't even imagine how um, long it would actually take it's from start to production.
3: Recognizing that you're transforming it from something that you imagine in your mind to something that's physically on stage. Mm-hmm. Right? So, what? Um, how does that translate? to an audience, what do you need to see? How much of the moment is required? Um, So recognizing that it's a different genre, Mm -hmm. right? And so as a result of that too, at some point when you're adapting work, um, you have to, the way I like to think of it, depending on your intent, right? But the way I like to think of it is, am am I honoring the spirit of the original piece? But am I also giving myself permission to take enough artistic and creative license to create my own piece? Right? So, the play that people will come see, if they then go read the novel, they're definitely gonna feel that it's the story, but the characters may not be exactly the same, you know, because of what's been chosen to show based on what. MJ has chosen to highlight in the stage version. And I think
0: as well, sometimes we just picture somebody in our head as a character. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah, matter absolutely. who you're playing, you still feel That person's not what I expect. Or right. It's like yeah. Ken Casey did not want Jack Nicholson for One Flew to the Cuckoo's He wanted Gene Hackman. Mm. Right. He probably was fine. And I think that. Maybe those foremen told them to pound salt or something. I <laughs> 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 I'm going to do right <laughs> whatever. I guess, but one of the things that all of you, I don't know if you've ever acted before, Marcy. But... <laughs> 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 From what you've done before what are some of the challenges of your roles here how do they compare what you've done before and mm-hmm. for you directing two different projects unless this is your debut no
3: no it's fine um so the challenge i think for me with this piece well, first of all i love working on new work so i think it's really exciting and to be able to work with the playwright is always great because you can have those conversations about okay what's your intent here what's the best way to shape it in order to bring out that intent um, but also, you know, openness to idea of having an outside eye that can be helpful to the playwright as well. Um, this is—it's an Irish story, so it's naturally going to be epic. <laughs> so, so and even the and it's is going to
0: be silver. So <laughs> <helpful. laughs> yes.
3: There's actually a surprising l- only little bit of drinking in this play, as yeah. <laughs> what true. could
1: be. Well, right? I
0: have to up for one second. Then I'll give you my one St. pass because you twice been walked by a pub.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's like the singing of the angels yeah. it's, it's, it's... Um, But because it
3: is um, uh, Because it's somewhat epic in nature There's a lot So how you get quickly from scene to scene And also the, the play that MJ has created Is what I like to call cinematic in nature right? Where you're kind of cross fading from one moment Into the next, into the next um, Because we're doing theater and not film You know, How do you create a theatrical crossfade? How do you get from moment to moment, keep the pace moving so that you're not losing any energy or impetus in the transitions between scenes? So that's, I think, one of the bigger challenges. But I think that also the way that um, MJ has chosen the scenes um, is naturally lending itself to that. I just have to use some of my creativity along with our designers to come up with um, how that mechanically can work. Well, but um, so this is probably one of the biggest shows that I've worked on. But I having done saying. Hamlet, also I feel like that was a bit of a prep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I
3: can do epic. I can do that.
0: I was at Hamlet. You were, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. So you did think that was excellent. I did. Well, thank you. <laughs> And I noticed from the set, Confession Everybody, the only thing wooden about these actors is in the room. They were hauling wood up. <laughs> 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 yeah. Set set. She she was, it all. There was
1: a lot of wood. And I, do, I do go to a lot of local theater prize, mm-hmm. and
0: I enjoy how you do this. I find something neat about that. I just really like how you have to do that. I know it's probably a lot of work, mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: but it's also embracing the genre that theater is, right? Let something be theatrical, you know. um, uh, When is it important to kind of let there be stage magic and hide things? And when do we just embrace the fact that people are going to be moving things on and off the stage? Or, you know, do something to how can we help forward the story through transition? Um, You know, there's also each piece calls for something different. So what is the world of the play that we're creating? And how as an ensemble do we best do that?
0: Um, what about your roles Then a little challenges, anything you've done before compared to this or not? Or?
3: Um,
5: well, for me, um, it's been a challenge because I've never done um, like a gender, a different gender on stage. Um, so, and to play a young boy is just something that I've never gone through. So to get my head in that space, um, was a little difficult, but as we're moving through the process, uh, it's just, it's become more and more apparent how my experience and Jim's experience have been very similar. Uh, so that's, a, a relating it more to that and less concentrating on, you know, so he's a year old boy in Ireland at the beginning of the 20th century, <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: He'd be, he'd be 118. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: just making it, again, relevant you know not only to myself but hopefully to our
1: audience. Well I think that's a thing that you hit the nail right on the head it doesn't necessarily have to be like the gender thing. I don't think it really matters if you as the actor can look at the character and say I get it mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter if it's a female playing a male, a male playing a female, mm-hmm. old playing young, vice versa. Is if you can understand <laughs> it you're put, going to be able to portray that to the people in the audience. Put it because, this
0: way, too. You're sitting next to Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> that does
2: help. <laughs> and you're sitting next to Hamlet. <laughs> I so agree with that thought, though. Absolutely. Well, because it,
1: it just hit me, like... Uh, who's the guy that wrote Legends of the Fall? I can't remember. Jim something. Brad Pitt was in it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the author. I honestly don't remember. God. Look it up. We're not I at can't,
1: not I can't remember. But Anyone? anyone? He was, <laughs> uh, he was oh, this old, yeah. old cranky man who was like a hunter and an outdoorsman. And one of his later works, I know it's Jim something. Um, I don't positive, know. But he said... For writing this book, he had to go through in the mindset of a 16-year-old girl. And he was probably in his 70s. I know it was... Jim Harrison. Thank ah, you. There I was going to say, it was pretty much one of his last works before he died. So this guy who is, you who know, would have literally no experience of it had to go get himself in the mindset of a 16-year-old girl, but related to problems that he'd been through. And then it really doesn't matter, gender withstanding. I think well, it's ultimate. a human condition, Exactly,
0: really, yeah. I think you can empathize a little. I hope I don't empathize with a serial killer. But I don't ever want to be, if I ever played some horrible role and actually doing one of my little segues. I saw David Tennant in a movie last Mm -hmm. night called Bad Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And David Tennant, Doctor Who and everything, plays an utterly evil person. And you think... He seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You, it's called acting. You act, It's right? <laughs> <laughs> called acting, right. Yeah, and you shoot. hope, because I remember when you played Sylvia Plath, I asked you <clears throat> about did this bother you at all? Like playing this, getting so emotional night after night? Mm-hmm. And I would think it has to do a little sometimes. Just don't murder me if you play those <laughs> <laughs> But that,
1: that's th- And somebody once said, you don't think Anthony Hopkins really walks down the street cutting people's hearts out. <laughs> people? <laughs> but what he did was playing he a
0: role. He went into theaters, I guess, he snuck in and what he would do is when silence was playing, he'd go up somebody at the end.
1: Because he's a weird guy. Everybody
0: Anthony Hopkins is a weird guy. And I can admit I've seen lots of plays, you playing different male or female, everything else. I found something I just thought of. I wouldn't really care. Right. You know, I don't. I don't yeah. want to get any of these. Dodgy people going, oh, you know, you don't do that
1: or whatever. And I'll tell them they don't understand the history of theater. Playing all the female <laughs> <I roles. suppose laughs> yeah. they don't look at the old Japanese theater, the yes. old, yes. there yes. were no women playing on stage. It was all men portraying every single role. And they've been, what the the old uh, kabuki theaters? Yeah, Those right? were yeah. hundreds, if not thousands, of years ago, I mean, and there was it was only men acting. And I admit I can't tell
0: you when the first female act came in then it uh, really depends do you know <laughs> oh, here oh we goes. Goes. I, really I used like to, know,
2: to know, know the year um, oh man and I used to know the actor she played I believe it was Desdemona is that correct okay that sounds right and I wish I could remember the year I used to
1: know it and it's not in my head
0: right that's now that's why we're one of these random sort of yeah. little things we're supposed to be fun and
1: not like all yeah. <laughs> because we want ten minutes from now in the middle of a statement you just scream out a year like, I yeah, think yeah it was a year it
0: was <laughs> The other thing I want to talk about the venue a little, Muck, because I have sort of a history with it, I think. How did it start? Do you remember? Because I don't know if I was there just when it started or not. I'm not that old. I probably was like 15 by then. So
2: Muck started, actually edged the Sylvia Plath show you mentioned was the very first show that was done at the Muck.
0: That was? Yeah, it was. I did, and I remember because it was on the side Yep, when you did it. Yeah. Played on the side because now they've really redone it. It's grown a lot where I don't start mm-hmm. wheezing because of the dust. The <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a beautiful theater space now. It is. Yeah. It used to be an old church or something. It's not yeah. Atlantic Avenue. Yeah, I, I was going to say, do we even it's... let people know where we are right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you
0: got win win a theater, something with an Irish flag, and, <laughs> and, and, and there's lollipops over there left over from Halloween, <laughs> <or something. laughs> anyway, sorry to
1: interrupt. No,
0: but it's a really wow. nice theater, and I really enjoy it, plus I always find parking. <laughs> yeah, and it's,
4: and just to put a plug in for it, it's celebrating its 10th anniversary next year, mm-hmm. so.
0: It's, it's wow, a, it's yeah, amazing. It's been, been around for been 10 years, so
4: and seeing, uh. Hundreds,
0: hundreds of shows—not performances, but shows—and sometimes even I have to say this: sometimes the performers will make fun of you during the show if they know <laughs> you. <laughs> You're not getting away with that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Well, I wonder.
1: about the tenth anniversary—is there? I wonder if there's going to be talks of something big for the anniversary. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do something, you know, to kind of step up the game to let people know, hey, we, we've been doing this for ten years, so here's a gift to you for keeping us around for ten years. Right.
4: Well, I can. I can. I can sort of talk to that because they, I, I know that there is a 10th anniversary planning committee to, mm-hmm. to, to, that is currently working on stuff just as you just as you uh, stated. Uh-huh. But, well, but as, as, as far as any specifics, I don't know them, but I know that there are things in the works.
1: Okay. I'm an insider now. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: the diversity of the place. all the number of plays we've always mm-hmm. seen. A little bit going back, one of the things, and I want to give a plug to it to your brother Mario, is DBC, oh, yes. which I think is really good with all the kids who do the dramas and everything. Well, this is a DBC production. It actually. is? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Hi, Mario, mm-hmm. you ran off. <laughs> of <this. laughs> well, he he came in and then well, got one say away. A little bit away. about DBC then. For Certainly.
2: DVC, I actually wasn't involved in the beginning of DVC. It started, I think this is their 18th year,
3: wow. I believe.
2: It's been around a wow. long time. And it started as more of like a drama video sort of club. And it evolved into theater that happened at Wilson Magnet High School. And then it evolved, I want to say maybe nine years ago, into the community, involving community actors. And moving to the mock. And so now it's really a conglomeration of, of Wilson Magnet students, Wilson Magnet grads, and community actors, designers. So it, it's become this really collaborative. One effort. of the things
0: I like. I hope all of you have seen it. You should check it out. One of the things you do is sometimes you do plays involving songs from in particular artists. Absolutely. And they're very interesting how you interplay that and make, make something. I mean, you've done a lot of other things, though, as well. And it's always very challenging stuff. It's not your run around, like, see Spot Run or, you know, or leave it to her type something or... It's really all good, and now there's something about that going on the edge like that, I sure. think, as well. It's like trying daring material, especially <laughs> these days. You get people so inflamed busted, but you tackle the issues.
2: If DBC, from the beginning, part of its mission was to always provide meaningful plays and that were relevant, and particularly relevant for young people. Yeah. So, and we've kept that.
0: Throughout, I like that because I think some people just try to play it safe. And it's like, just it, make And I don't care if I agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, hey, you say your point, you have guts about it, it's entertaining. Right. And I like that. I like challenging material. Thanks. Nice. Actually,
1: think, you know, that's something I wanted to bring up with the young people. In this day and age, with the movie technology we have, I'm glad theater is still existing. Not just in the big theaters, Broadway, London, San Francisco, Toronto, but like even at the local community level. And I've heard it from, in interviews from several different big name screen actors, why they're going to London to uh to be in a play and I know Jeff Goldblum said he said because it's about acting. Mm. I think it was Jeff Goldblum. I mean there's a big difference between theater acting and yeah, being on absolutely. stage, right? Yes. Then, yeah.
0: like, yes. It's, it's, there's each.
3: different techniques for film versus stage acting. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well I look at it I could do a cameo in some movie or what actually I did in mm-hmm. one uh-huh. and I could right. do that. I could do one on theater unless you wanted me to play an idiot who can't yeah. remember lines I go hello
1: I have a story that's sort of related
0: to that it's almost the same. Years ago I met Dick Dale when he appeared at the House of Guitars, and he was an hour late, he babbled, so on and so forth. What (laughs) got me is, I'm looking, you know, Dick Dale's back from the 50s, 60s. He never been 100. It's like in his 70s, now he's 83. So I'm sitting there, I look around, there's these kids, probably just in high school out of it, and I look at them, they're going, they're probably the weird kids in school. They're one of those ones, they don't follow the crowd. But I just got the kick out of younger kids, just really, and I know at the drive-in for many movies I go to, I see these young kids go, and I like the appreciation Mm -hmm. of that, because you think, especially in this modern age, everything's on video to see live theater. And I really like that, because I admit, I go to a lot of, like, RPO things and stuff like that. It's all old people. I saw a concert, really cheap, out in the suburbs, and... I don't know why anybody is a go to it. it's only like ten dollars, it's really good. But it's all I mean, I love it. I'm like, ha ha, I can beat everybody in a race here and I'm like thirty years younger than everybody. Where
1: are the young people? Well what last year when we went and saw at um, the Eastman, the silent movie, The Cat and the Canary, yeah. it was packed. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of younger people, a lot of college students there. I think to think see they're a silent movie with really, a guy playing piano. And not
3: general, only that, but also I know the RPO has started doing a lot more with um, with film like soon they're gonna be doing Ghostbusters with the RPO playing. Oh. They're doing a lot more movies, mm-hmm. turning I, I just, back into I a, could, a movie theater, even though it's it. not silent, but I think that's definitely drawing in a larger audience base by doing the Harry Potter films, doing the doing Ghostbusters, doing um they're doing Star Wars. I <laughs> you yeah. going to one of those, yeah. I can tell you <laughs> they did the ET before Christmas mm-hmm. last yep. week yeah. and it was packed. Yep. Right.
0: People were dressed up, but it was mixed. It was exactly. Music, it's a lot. So Harry Potter ones I think, think that's
3: one way that they're starting to try and draw My guess is I don't have an in with the RPO, but my guess is that's one way that they're trying to expand their audience base by creating opportunities that potentially feel more accessible. Yeah,
0: but true. I think
1: it's a smart move because if you get them in <laughs> with something familiar mm-hmm. and then add something new to it, yeah. then people are going to want to go out and learn. I call it, the, I branded it the Wonder Woman theory. <laughs> After the Wonder Woman movie came out, all of a sudden you see a spike in people researching Greek mythology. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. You know, true. the younger people, <laughs> especially because Wonder Woman and they were talking about the Greek pantheon <laughs> and people like, well, who are these people they're talking about? So it's, it's literally just you know, it opens all kinds of yep. doors Ways and all in. kinds of... It,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's a gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's a gateway drug. Yeah, drug. Yeah, drug. Yeah. this stuff is pretty cool, too, once you start reading it and getting into it and everything. Yeah. You know, it beats playing that video game like Candy Crush or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and
1: I have to admit, I have no theater experience. I never, I've only seen three shows, and two of them were because my sister was in them, with the Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. Oh,
3: that's great. Oh, that's great. She oh, was wow. in...
1: Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor mm-hmm. Dream Coat with, like, 43 of the Osmonds. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was Osmonds everywhere. <laughs> and she was in Bye Bye Birdie. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I went and saw that. And the only other one I saw up in Toronto at the Pantages Theater, I saw Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's it. I really should start going to more. Well, wait, you said you saw Comedy of Errors. Oh, and, and Comedy of uh, Errors. So that's four things I've ever seen. So you made a mistake on that one not including it. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious.
0: Well, I, I was Hamlet in high school. So yeah, I really I was, and I played the town crier, a little mm-hmm. puppet in a Thanksgiving thing. <laughs> and otherwise, not really, you
1: know, I'm acting
0: here, I suppose.
1: I, mean, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Here. Yeah. <laughs> For four years in high school, my homeroom teacher was the chorus director slash musical guy, and I don't think he wanted any of us in the musicals because he didn't want to see us all the time. <laughs> well, I thought so I never never a related really plug up my friend Amanda has a group called Girls Rock Rochester.
0: Yeah. And one of the things i found, it teaches young girls instruments and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. and it gives them confidence, but it's also it is that gateway drug, like you mentioned, where they get into that, then they might say, hey, this is classical music. It's really kind of cool stuff. Yeah. It really is. Read the lives of the great composers, people. You'll mm-hmm. find out there's something to it all. And then you get to this, and you find you really have a passion for it, like a dead poet society without mm-hmm. the bad ending. Right, right. Those are awesome. But I enjoyed that movie a little bit, the truth, but you get a passion for something. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, you go, I didn't like school, like anything else, but something drives yeah. you. Theater. theater yeah. Because that gets in, well, oh, I have to keep my grades up so I can be in the theater to get the hell out of here. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. and everything else. So I think that's really one of the things, too. And I said, I'll go back to you to Shakespeare or the, probably to the Greek tragedies or anything. I have to bring up Shakespeare just because I like it so much. Wow. <laughs> I,
2: so I started loving theater because of Shakespeare probably.
0: I like, got to the Greek. I think they were easier to read at the time for me. It was, like, it, was it reading it, seeing somebody
1: perform it? or?
2: Um, so I was friend, I had older friends, and I was younger than them, and they were like, oh, you, can, you have to read this. Play it, it's really interesting. It was *Midsummer Night's Dream*, oh, and well, they tried. they mm-hmm. loved like it was about the love story. It was the young lovers, and hearing my friend read this aloud, hear my friends read this aloud, and just get starting to get the humor, relating to it. I think it was the relating to it to these young lovers.
0: You played a lot of the characters. and Did anyone would you say was most challenging or not or
2: uh, in in my life in Shakespeare or, oh, any or anything? Wow. If you wanted just to just include oh. that. <laughs> I mean Hamlet's always a challenge even though it's one of
0: the roles that well, I love. You had us playing. thinking, because remember after that I said to you, Okay, is he insane pretending not to be insane? Or or the <laughs> same ask about you a lot. <laughs> yeah,
2: I am insane, just so you know. But, but I liked how you did
0: that though. You brought it up where you, nobody could really you could interpret it and I think that's one of the magics of the role. Anybody who did it could watch how many actors you played him, Yeah. And you could do whatever you want, and not be wrong. Because he right. sort of leaves it open ended. Right. But for all of you, for being a challenger, what has been your most challenging role? Well, you know, sort of, you don't have to do one, because I (laughs) need what is your most, what was your most challenging role? You wanna go first? (laughs) What is your challenging project? So 1st Is this
3: it? This one is up there, (laughs) definitely, but it's an exciting one. I mean, challenge doesn't mean like bad, right? Yeah. So, um, this is one of them. Yeah, just trying to wrap my head around the, um, the, the mechanics of it and also um, making sure, because not only is there um, a lot happening on stage, but because uh, trying to make sure that the through line and that the story stays clear for the audience. Right, like because it's also talking about some historical things like as you were mentioning before, not everyone has a foundational knowledge and understanding of Irish history. Mm-hmm. So they're discussing historical historical topics, right? You know, so like not everyone's gonna know who these people are or exactly what happened or what is, you know, what the setting inherently brings to the story. So how do we make sure that that doesn't detract from the audience's experience, right? That they get the story, they take it, have an appreciation for it regardless of what they Come into the theater knowing about that time in history and about the politics and history of Ireland in the yeah. early 20s. I found
0: that I fall into that trap a lot of times where I'll talk about something like that and assume everybody's read it or seen it. <laughs> oh, you didn't? <laughs> and they'll just look at me like, why are you? Well, talking? shit, there's 20 minutes. Left. <laughs> 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 like, I saw this, so I don't understand. Yeah. I Actually, I watched The Dresser the other night. Live, doing live theater is a challenge mm-hmm. to me because you can't do a recut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah Absolutely. I mean, what? You got to keep going. Yeah. yeah. But any other like roles
3: or like other oh. challenges? Sure.
4: Uh, uh, j- j- just in general in the yeah, history. Sure. I, I
0: think I have to confess, I hate that question about what's your favorite or hers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I Like, ask well, you and i do not the
4: answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was in uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, mm-hmm. and I played the uh, German defense lawyer, mm-hmm. uh, Rolf. And so my my character's role was to defend these Nazi judges, you know, who I mean, it, it, it talk about having to wrap your mind around a completely different role from the experiences that you've not been in, you know and in a German accent you <laughs> know. I just
0: had a lawyer on a podcast recently and I could see the oh, idea, yeah, you, I suppose the only way you have to sort of say, okay it's my job, I don't like them, but it's, Look, okay, and, legally though and
1: that's the thing, especially with something like that I guess the only thing that would keep me going is like, it's already happened like, I'm just I'm just showing it to other people. Like I'm not responsible for, it. and you hope that people can separate you portraying it from your personal viewpoints.
4: Oh yes, well just you because hope, at least. Oh so, yes, well just because he was the you know uh, he was the defending he was the defending lawyer for uh, for these uh, for these Nazi judges doesn't mean that he was one himself. Right. He may so it was easy kind of enough Nazi to. Thought, you just had to compartment like any professional job you compartmentalize you know it's like my job is to defend these people that is that is you know that is what I, that is why I'm here for you know the the law has to be you know uh, the, the process of law has to be upheld and this is this is that's my role in it you and again, know and that's and, and that's the, that's not that's that's me as the actor saying it and the character as well so it, it
0: I suppose it's the same way like I said it, my person might be very important. but it's acting it's a part right yeah, yeah. absolutely you know, if somebody doesn't hit you with the pie or something, you take mm-hmm. it too seriously afterwards.
1: You know, I found a lot of people who play nasty roles, they're actually very nice people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's alike. the complete opposite, because then they can let go. Yeah. Evil, know, evil is fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why you see all those serious actors that would love to do a Mel Brooks movie, mm-hmm. because they could finally let go and just be goofy. Or, you know, look at um, Robert Englund. He's a Shakespearean actor, but everybody yeah. will forever know him as Freddy Krueger. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like, that.
0: it's true he is. And a lot of these people, like, look at like, Christopher Lee or some of these other ones. Mm-hmm. William Marshall, who
1: was a Shakespearean, played
0: Black Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I almost forgot Well, listen to his voice if
0: you were here. Yeah,
1: but, but no, Robert Anglin, Freddy Krueger, and, and oh. all these terrible Z grade horror movies <laughs> is a very, very classically trained actor. Or Patrick Stewart, also a uh, well, Shakespearean actor. Well, of course, he's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, see me, Sir Patrick. i yeah. they're yeah. not going to deny that. What about for you, challenging-wise?
2: Uh, challenging roles, my goodness. Um, a lot. Sylvia Plath was definitely one of them. It was the, the second one-person show I did. That was tough because there were so many levels, and I had to do so much research to get into that role. Vivian Lee was another tough one. Um, lots of research. Hamlet, of course, very, very difficult. The first time I did I had to do it again, it was so tough. <laughs> <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't do it as well,
0: good enough the first time, so I did it, it again. It was improved probably. <laughs> it's like you'll be playing King Lear in like 50 years. <laughs> I love that. I just saw Martha Henry play Prospero. She's 82. Oh. Mm. That might be my favorite cool. play She's it too. Inc- She was
2: incredible.
1: Isn't Glenda Jackson doing Yeah, Glenda Jackson's Bunch? King Lear. Actually, she's playing King Lear. I was going to say, I just I just saw that, mm-hmm. that she was playing King Lear. Yeah, I really was. <laughs> I'm loving that there's
2: all of this stuff happening. Yeah. You go to Shaw, you go to Stratford,
1: you go to New York. And that, New that's crazy. the thing. Right now, the, the Broadway scene is—it's—they're it, killing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's—they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I know it's neat. I mean, it really is. I think now there's such all the
0: classics. That's why they stayed around all these years. I mean, I think Shakespeare basically owes a lot to Ovid. He's around, because if you read all, like, Midsummer Night's Dream, why is Shakespeare around? Why is everything you see pretty much a ripoff of Shakespeare in, like, the good old 1990s, like, teen comedies is basically, yeah. well, this, yeah. Is, yeah. This, this is the taming of the well, shooting It's the
1: Shakespeare with beer and partial nudity. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Well, not really any really different.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, like yeah. well, it's like how Titus Andronicus is. his video nasty, you know. Yeah. It's a
1: horror film. Right. You know? I oh, mean, totally, yeah, is. totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's something you could chew your teeth on seeing that film. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> but I
1: mean, it, it all—it's all based on the same thing because when you get something that's that good, that can survive the test of time for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's going to borrow from it. Yep. Well, they only-
3: back because it's about the human condition, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, and we went off on a tangent.
5: Oh, actually, this probably is my most challenging role, just because um, I haven't carried a show in a very long time, and um, it's just it was it was really trying to wrap my head around the character and how to how to portray Jim in the most true way possible and really get his arc through the whole show is really important to me and something I'm still working
4: on. Well
0: oh, that's good. Well, I wanna to say too out there, support your local theater. You can yes. you oh, I mean you could go to Broadway and pay a thousand dollars or whatever. Sure. But I can say, there's a lot of very talented people, a lot of mm-hmm. very... And there's a lot of people. theater in right I found, that, I found yeah. that the diversity yeah. is amazing. In fact, plug you Mary, hi. I'm going to see Rocky Horror Picture Show Friday. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, not tonight because it's not coming
1: on tonight. So. But actually, um, a challenging question for you. This is... Matt, this is, is this the first thing you've ever adapted? It is. Okay. Um, is it weird knowing that the original author is still alive and could possibly see this, does it add any extra <laughs> pressure? Because if you're adapting Shakespeare, the guy's long dead. Right. He, he, he's not going to be sitting in the audience or reading reviews of it. But I admit I'd love to
0: adopt and enjoy, adapt and enjoy Joyce and have a original. I don't understand. <laughs> 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 the fact that you actually
1: reached out to Jamie O'Neill, mm-hmm. is there, do you feel any added pressure knowing that what if he doesn't like what I did? Absolutely.
2: he. You know, what surprised me about him was that he said, I was like, well, I want to stay true to the story. And he said, you know, do what inspires you. What are you inspired by? That's what I want to see. I, I want art to be able to, I want if you love a piece of art, that if you're inspired to create another piece of art, that's what I want. That's my goal. I
0: think that's, Absolutely. I've heard songwriters say that too, if somebody gets something personal out of it, if they can relate look at the work and it inspires me to think or do something that's really nice you know like something like that that's really good like that hope he actually checks this out somehow that said I would
1: probably pass out out. you're you're, on there and I'm wondering at the same time is this the first time his work has been adapted for
2: the stage it, there was a dance made of this you can actually find it online um, it was by I believe a French company Bonjour. yes <laughs> and in Ireland at the anniversary uh, the hundred year anniversary of the rising someone mm-hmm. adapted this into a piece that I couldn't I, I tried to get in contact with them but I was unable to so
1: see, and that just it's interesting for me because now it's like well, is my because maybe he's sitting there thinking like does my work lend itself to the stage or, and then, you know, you're probably thinking, am I going to do his work justice? So you're probably both, uh, you know, nervous to a certain degree. And then with all of, you know, the actors and directing it, like I say, especially with them living, that they could possibly look at it. And they might have like, I'll have her adapt everything now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's another thing. And Ireland's got such
0: a rich history of literature. Like, and... Dylan Thomas and people I was named that I can't remember right now. <laughs> so
1: Yeats. there's so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was Yates Irish? I think he was. was what? William Butler Yates. I can't remember. I, I remember think, I I think, the think there's one. I'm, I'm pretty, there's pretty sure. He, I think I have a book of his that he did a, a thing on but Irish fairy me. tales. Yeah, pretty oh, sure that was a I think I own that too. I mean, I, he's yeah. probably one of my favorite
0: poets as well. I, I'm almost but it's such a blush history, Joyce. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, like him or not, I've read him. Uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, read I like Ulysses too. Uh, you, you've warned me off. of Ulysses <laughs> <Just a laughs> Young Man's Good. Dubliners. <laughs> good. Is good. Dubliners. I like Dubliners. Is Dubliners yeah. is good. I think they make you read that in high school, mm-hmm. like Arabian, other ones like there. I think so. I think we read Arabian high school. So we read Ulysses in high school. I, could have, I would have loved really? to see him like, no, we did. not No, we oh, did. Oh, like, hey, Jesus. Joyce is recent for me. I read you, I took that challenge. Like, one of my friends quit. I actually took me three weeks, a couple chapters. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just remember the one line I remember redheaded women buck like ghosts. For some reason, that stuck in my head. And the one thing with, and all it is is, remember, I'll I'm tell gonna, anybody, spoiler time. Make sure make sure you read Homer before you read it, because that's all it really is. It's a day in the life of Leo, Leopold Bloom. What's his first name? It's Bloom. That's why they have Bloomsday Bloomsday. Day in, yeah. Because June 16th is when he wrote it. But it's a day in the life of Stephen Daedalus and all that. It's mm-hmm. basically the story of the, the Odyssey. Him getting home updated for one day in Ireland. And I know that because I remember some parts of it, but I still can't figure out half the book.
2: A lot of the, actually, consequently, a lot of the places that Joyce wrote about are in this play.
0: And I guess they do the reading every year on the 16th, and they go to all the places. I can't imagine sitting there reading it for 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Throw something in, like, Dr. Seuss. Well, to to be fair, if you're reading
1: it, you're probably not paying attention to what you're reading at that point
0: falling asleep. the <laughs> <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine if Andy Hoffman pulled that one out into the Great Gatsby. you started start to really get on his thing. But as we go around, we talk about what's going on, the back, everything. Let's go full circle then, and how do people see this? When's it happening? What time? So, Great, Yeah. If you want to cheat, I have to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> we were given the piece of cake. <laughs> yes. yes.
3: So uh, we open on December 7th, and it's going to be at Muck. And um, evening shows will be at 7.30, matinees will be at 1 o'clock, and it runs through December 15th, so it's playing for two weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: what's the site and everything? your you get tickets and everything? If you want to get you can right. go
3: to DBC Theater. that's with an R-E, <laughs> dot .com. Oh, the Royal
0: Theater.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and
3: you can also find tickets on the Muck website. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's
1: yeah.
2: muck, yeah. nuccc dot org. And for
1: people listening to this, there's going to be a link somewhere down below it. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll have it on here. I mean, the links will be everywhere. You can find it easy. 625 Atlantic yeah. Avenue, right? If you're coming from
0: university and you hit three heads, you went too far. It's 142. 142.
2: 142 Atlantic. Do you edit that out later? <laughs> <laughs> no,
5: I've been there. Well, I've been there so many times,
0: I don't know what the hell it is. is. We're gonna miss. But you're right. I if you hit the brewery,
5: you've gone too far. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, if you come the other way. If you go the too other far. way, but I'm not coming yes. the other way, so I don't really care. <laughs> 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 if
5: you come the other way and you hit Starry Nights, you've you gone go too deep.
0: far. That's <laughs> right. But it's Or just, or just a theater, go to Google Maps and that'll be right. Yeah,
2: exactly. Use your GPS.
0: Yes, I hope not. Man, it's not that hard. But it's also it's a very nice theater if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Check it out. Check the artwork in there and everything yeah. else. And
2: and they're very very supportive. Of yes, local theater. Obviously, they're lovely people. Parking's nice
0: too. I always yeah, it's yes. one of my bugaboos uh, wherever I go. Free parking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> parking. even better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that's really good.
1: I'm glad it sounds like it's going to be very entertaining. No. And now you know just through this it makes me want to go to the library and get this book. It's beautiful. It, it is, does.
3: and that's the thing too. Is that you know, knowing ahead of time that it was like, okay, prepare yourself. It's a very large book and stuff, but it reads surprisingly quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like because the language is beautiful and I think pretty accessible. I mean, yes, there may be some Irish terms or things that culturally that might be a little, but that doesn't prevent you from getting into the story. Oh,
1: so it's not like a lot of their authors. <laughs> are it's not really like Charles. Really is. No,
0: no, no, not no, at all. <laughs> not at no. all. No, actually, another one <laughs> <than>, like it's <laughs> Lawrence Stern from his. English author. It was very tough.
3: Yeah, no, this this really flows. I think, um, I, I have found it very accessible. I'm going to try it.
1: Please. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to hit up the library's website when I get home tonight.
3: They
2: compare him to Joyce, actually.
1: Okay. In okay. so he a good not way. In <laughs> a good <laughs> way. In <Play laughs> a good J. B. O'Neill is the good Joyce. Oh, <laughs> I'm remember, am I getting stabbed in the eyes? No, spend, okay. but better. You know why? Because he did
0: crossword puzzles like Joyce loves his crossword <laughs> puzzles and stuff because there's all those puzzles in his work. I remember cool? from Martin cool. Gardner. Anybody who's interested, find Martin Gardner online. He's a, well-known polymath of an author, but he does a very, very interesting essay about word puzzles in Joyce's work. Oh, wow. Which I found none of, but I guess, I <laughs> know, but I guess the beginning of Finnegan's Wake is God, creating the <laughs> world. So, far, I've heard. <laughs> Try it. Well, you want? Know, it's indecipherable. so I guess. <laughs> it's probably, it could
1: be something interesting, and you always see those books on the things you must read before you die. Um, put that as the last one. <laughs> not funny, this is not meant to be a criticism of
0: Joyce's style. No,
1: you're a, <laughs> no, a great writer, but it just, it doesn't always translate. Like for me, I tried the Canterbury Tales. Unreadable for me.
0: Like, you like Canterbury's chocolates instead.
1: I would, I would have had a Canterbury cream egg. <laughs> well, it's
0: Middle English versus right. Modern English. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's,
1: the weird thing is they had the translation. It was one of those translations oh, 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 okay. okay. So on the left side, it was in Middle English. The right side, it was Modern English. Still didn't help. <laughs> I, had, I had one in college, Culloch
0: Old, in one of the old Tales from the Magnogian and my professor was in, was brought in her Welsh husband to try to pronounce these words. Okay. Uh, and it's like, trying, it's like, okay, I, okay. I, technically
1: I read it. Does it matter if I know what I'm talking it, about? Listen, have you ever talked to a Welshman? It's, it's awesome. Oh, <laughs> I have. It's awesome. There's Every word has 75 Gs and, five. Yeah. and <laughs> Ls. Yeah. Yep. Ls, Gs, and Ys. Yeah. So don't worry, you will be able to understand this. You will enjoy
0: it. <laughs> yes. And what, what would you like people to take out of this? Anything? Any Out of the play? You heard not I mean, it, it's, it's a I love, it is a
2: love story I will say that um, It's a story about war, it's a story about loss and it's self-discovery and it, to me a lot of the book is you know, it's about freedom of discovering yourself, about loving who you love and about being able to do the things that everybody else can do in your own country
1: Very up for these times I Very. was going to say, I'm going to get longer. Well, it used to be a
0: free country <laughs> 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 <your problem> <laughs> None no, of this never free, food. you got to pay
1: <laughs> but no, and in the, in the, and that's the good thing. In this day and age, you have to realize that yes, you still can lead a good, happy life, doing what you want to do. I think we've come a long way in terms of accepting people and doing what they want to do, you know, to a degree. I mean, you still can't walk down the street, you know, killing people. But, yeah. In my view, as long as you're not an asshole, I don't care yeah. what <laughs> <about>. <laughs> And that's that's I think a very good lesson that people should take out yep. of it is live your life, be happy, love who you want to love. Nobody, you know, it. It's not going to affect anybody else's life, so don't right. let them, you know, exactly. I, mean, I think your life is miserable if you're unhappy if other people are happy. I was going to say, wait a minute, what have you heard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so on that,
1: anything else you guys want to bring up, talk through, throw out plugs? I also want
3: to say thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that everybody comes out and checks out the show. It's definitely, with all of those themes, it's also a labor of love, and we'll love to have people in the audience. That's experience. what I, I have
0: to add, that I, I know a lot of local artists, music, everything, I seem like I have no talent whatsoever, and I find something I like about people I know is it's really some people phoning in, probably. All of you seem like you really have a passion for what you do when it comes out. We have to. Yeah. We have yeah. to.
3: Life's too short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been working
2: on this for about two years now because I've seen some <laughs> things. That you
0: ever pay a lot of money to see stuff that you go, wow, well, they don't. Be here or whatever. This stinks. Yeah, I've never seen that. I could actually honestly say I've never seen any of your things that I've not liked, okay. except when you
1: pick on me. <laughs> 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 yes. so that, and that's another thing about this is now I, I have something new I want to read that I never knew existed yep. before okay. tonight.
0: Yep,
1: yeah, that's very good. And, that, and that, that's why I, why I like to do this because I like to find new stuff to read.
2: And come see the show, I mean, yeah. Yes, that's true. See how it translates. Because I could it go It could be on, your fifth show. <laughs> that would be number
1: five, because yeah. I could go on December 7th, 8th, 13th, 14th, or 15th at 7.30, <laughs> or the 9th or 15th at 1 o'clock <laughs> Matt May at the DVC, no, oh, come on, I, I just look at <laughs> the name of the production company? M U C C See, 142 M- and M- or whatever the hell it was. But this is why I get paid the big dollars. <laughs> there's a parking lot right there. There so is there, a parking lot, parking yes. but in all seriousness, you can't. Like I said, the links are going to be below. Check it out. Check out the book. Go see the play. Support the local theater. Support the people that are giving their time, their effort, and their passion to entertain you for a couple hours. So. thanks a lot, everybody. Thank and you. We well, so well, so well. have, have to close
0: the curtain on this carnival. Last pre York Wait till our next show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, <Come> you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>